Welcome to our weekly energy update with Investec Head of Commodities, Callum McPherson. Good morning, Callum. Good morning, Len. It is around a month since the last energy podcast. Could you start by giving a summary of what has been going on in the meantime? Well, I think the main thing that's been in, in the press regarding oil markets has, of course, been the Houthi attacks on uh, shipping in the Red Sea. And it's not exclusively been on oil uh, shipments, of course, but nevertheless, that's our area of interest. And certainly there's been a lot of attention paid to that. Continuing on the possibility of uh, supply disruptions, that there's also been a shutdown of, of about a quarter of a million barrels per day of uh, Libyan uh, production. That was over the weekend due to protests in, in the country. But there also have sort of been some more negative news from the point of view of the oil price. So, for example, Angola has announced that it's going to leave OPEC, and that highlights the challenges for OPEC in managing the oil market. I mean, it's not that Angola is a large producer and doesn't have a lot of capacity to produce more, so it's not going to, now it's left, start pumping material extra barrels into the market. But it highlights the tensions within some of the members. And again, it raises these questions about OPEC strategy and its ability to to manage the market. Um, and as a consequence of demand being relatively weak and this difficulty of managing the market, um, Saudi Arabia has had to cut its official selling price. So this is the price at which it markets its crude as a spread over benchmark prices. And it has cut its selling prices to Asia by $2 per barrel and uh, similar cuts to other areas as well. So that tends to indicate uh, weak demand. Then in terms of the price itself, well, it, it's uh, oil's trading around, Brent's trading around $78 per barrel this morning. That's about where it was trading uh, a month ago when, when we last spoke. And we've had a high of 82 in the meantime. Um, again, I think you probably put that down to the attacks in the Red Sea and worries about that. But um, overall, there's not been that much going on in terms of the price movement. And why have the threats to shipping in the Red Sea not had more impact on crude oil prices? Uh, well, these days, um, a lot more, uh, a lot of Middle Eastern crew tends to go to Asia rather than to Europe and, and the US as it used to in the past. And so this Red Sea and Suez Canal is, is not such an important route as, as it once was. Uh, less crude comes to Europe from countries where the Red Sea and Suez Canal are the shortest route. Uh, and indeed, the, the largest uh, crude carriers are too big to fit through the Suez Canal anyway. Um, so they would always have had to go the long route around Africa. On top of that, the accuracy of the weapons that the Houthis have been using have, have seemed to be rather low. Uh, the attacks have caused limited damage to um, a handful of vessels. And so as a consequence of all of those things, it's not really had quite such a dramatic uh, impact on, on oil prices that people might have uh, expected it to. On top of that, I think we need to think about the, the counterfactual. What would be the market doing if the Red Sea issue had not arisen? Uh, and the fact is the market was in a pretty negative mood after the OPEC meeting before Christmas. And since then, we've had the Angolan news that we've just mentioned, Saudi Arabia cutting its official selling prices. And um, so I think it's reasonable to suppose that oil could be quite a bit lower um, than it is now without this Red Sea um, issue sort of feeding into the equation. What about European energy markets? How well have they coped with the winter? Well, it's been a relatively mild winter so far. There have been some cold snaps, but uh, not too deep or too prolonged. It's also been pretty stormy and windy, so leading to a very strong renewable generation. And this has helped uh, conserve gas inventories. So gas in storage is, is still around 85% full, which is a little bit higher than it was at the same time last year. Um, and if we look at what the market has been pricing in terms of its expectations of, about what the 
state of the market would be as we enter this winter, by which we can look at the March 24 gas futures contract. Now, back in October, that had been trading up to 150 pence per therm. So the market then pricing in the possibility of disruptions, cold weather, this kind of thing. But as time has gone by, inventories have remained relatively high. That risk or that sort of tail risk has started to come out of the price and so it's dropped back towards uh, 82 pence per thumb. And there's been a similar trend in, in electricity prices. And this is good news, uh, not just uh, for this winter, but also for the next summer, because if we come out of this winter with uh, relatively high levels of storage, then there won't be the scramble to refill ahead of the next winter. And as we get into the end of this year and into next year, we start to see um, expectations, a lot more capacity coming online of liquefied natural gas production capability and importation capability, more renewable generation coming on stream and these kinds of things. So we may finally be able to start putting this uh, energy crisis uh, behind us in Europe. Thank you, Kalem. We'll chat again next week. Thank you, Len. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Investec's weekly energy update with Callum McPherson. If you'd like to discuss any of the contents of the podcast, drop Callum an email on callum.mcpherson at investec.co.uk or visit investec.com forward slash commodities. Until next time, thank you.